Yay, everybody. It's Ben and Rob from Edge of Wonder. Did you see that the FBI arrested two people for operating a secret CCP police station in New York City on behalf of the Chinese regime? These two were tracking down and silencing Chinese dissidents living in the U.S. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, and I'm sure many people are wondering, how could this even be possible on American soil? And why does nobody know this has been going on for years? Um, well, there are a few of us that have been knowing know, that know this has been going on for a very long time. The CCP is spiraling out of control, and so is a massive spiral that appeared in the sky over Alaska. Is it a portal, a wormhole? Is it, is it just SpaceX like they're telling us, or is there more to it? So so well, we'll get yeah. So find out all of this plus join our live Q&A only on rise.tv. We'll see you out on the edge. Oh man. How's yeah, and if you're listening to our Edge of Wonder podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review so we can keep making this awesome content for you guys. Please, please. <laughs> Um, yeah, so are we going to get into this, this weird spiral in the sky first? Yeah, let's, let's just jump right into this thing. So this appeared, okay, there, there was one that appeared a couple years ago over Hawaii. And then just the other day, there is another one that appeared over Alaska. Now you're think you're saying people are saying this is SpaceX. That's been kind of the, I guess there was a SpaceX rocket that launched, three hours before and supposedly i think what they what somebody wrote was that a brilliant blue spiral created by sunlight this this is what they're claiming of what this is caused by a blue brilliant blue spiral created by sunlight reflecting on venting fuel from the upper stage of a spacex rocket launcher earlier from vandenberg decorated the aurora filled skies above alaska but i i don't know <laughs> how come we've never seen rockets do this before and why, why is it all of a sudden with spacex spacex we're seeing all this like crazy stuff in the sky i mean well it's just not even that why is it that spacex is the new weather balloon excuse yeah yeah i know it's like every time there's something weird in the sky people are like spacex launched a rocket today and you're like that no one's ever seen anything like that for the last like 50 years or 70 years of space adventure yeah i i 100 percent agree um and we've never seen anything quite like that either so, I mean, and, and like, okay, let's just say it could be SpaceX, but then it's like, what is this rocket actually doing? It is yeah. the mission to actually try to figure out and open a portal to like another dimension or something. And why does your, yeah, why does your leftover rocket fuel look like a galaxy? And then what is the spiral thing in the center? It's yeah. just the whole thing is like really, really, really interesting. It just looks, I mean, it, it does look kind of cool, but yeah. So but yeah, it's strange. It's like, also, I don't ever recall hearing of a SpaceX mission coming out of Hawaii or Alaska. Like usually aren't they launching out of Florida and Texas when they launch? That, that's my understanding. I mean, so they're, they're down in Texas to launch down there using the NASA, um, 
you know, like launch pads, I thought. I yeah. Thought, well, yeah. I'm trying to think if it could get to Alaska within three hours after it launched, but I'm sure it could. But um, still, why? It's just, well, just so a much- rocket going as fast as a rocket goes would get to Alaska much faster than three hours. Well, yeah. and what is it really doing is the question. And uh, yeah, it, it, there's just so many questions about this. And, and you, you know, and, and it's it's not from my understanding, it hasn't been SpaceX that have really has really described it. But um, man, I don't know. Really, I mean, yeah, there's some amazing photos. If you open that other article, Lindsay, there's there's actually a video of it in there too. Yeah, their excuse is that they had to jettison the fuel out, right? But <clears throat> I just we would have seen this before. The one in Hawaii almost makes it look like it's like some kind of I hate that we live in a world where I can never believe any official reports about anything that happens. I know. It's like, I really want to just have an explanation and be able to believe it. And I can't now. I, I know I can't. Even if that's it's like, eh, OK, it's it could be true that it's SpaceX. But it's like, I still can't believe you that it is because everybody lies now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the one over Hawaii a few years ago. And it's weird because it's the exact same thing. But again, it, it doesn't say what the even if this was SpaceX, it doesn't say what the actual mission of it was. Um, yeah, that's so, the other thing is it's like they're launching so often. Shouldn't it be transparent what they're doing when they do it? Yeah. Um, can you open the uh, the mysterious spiral? which seems like a small galaxy appeared over the Northern Lights. That one, yeah, that one's the one that has a video in it. So this is pretty cool. But, one second. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, and I wish I had more, more information about it, too. I was kind of trying to find some more deeper information about it. But... Um, you know, Elon did say they launched. I mean, I think he confirmed that they launched a rocket. But again, it's like, <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. Then how long was that time lapse? Uh, I don't know actually. And then there's one more photo I think of it. But in that article, but um, yeah, it's that a cool is, shot. It is a really cool shot. It is for sure. It's really cool. So I don't know. I'm gonna keep a, an eye on this to see if I can find anything more on it. I I I, I know like a, a portal sounds crazy, but actually I was watching the the Netflix. Um, unsolved mystery season three and there's one specifically about paranormal rangers and these guys on the navajo indian reserve and they've spent the last like 25 years investigating paranormal activity in the navajo area and they specifically talk about how they they they've got i mean in throughout the throughout the video they actually show that they have footage of what looked like a creature just like 
popping up out of the ground, like like not physically coming out of the ground, but it was just like almost like reappearing out of nowhere um, from like the ground up. And it looked like it came out of a portal. So they, they, they're, they're like, they actually believe that there's something about that area that has portals in it. Which area is this? So oh, in the Navajo in, uh, in Arizona. Oh, in Arizona. Well, mm-hmm. Arizona. Yeah. And Arizona is, is, I mean, all the Skinwalker Ranch and all of that is in that area general. Yeah. Not just yeah. Arizona, like but... New Mexico, Arizona. Yeah. I think Utah. Utah. Mm hmm really and and, i mean and they they like talk about skinwalkers and and everything so it's a really interesting you know did you know that um like native americans they they don't even want to say the word skinwalker yeah they they said that in the in the the, uh, episode that how they'll be like we don't talk about that yeah and they'll be like skinwalkers yeah it's totally taboo any of this stuff any of these weird phenomena they, they it's like they all know it's real uh, in the Navajo nation, but they just don't want to talk about it. However, the younger generation are more likely to talk about it because they didn't grow up within the, the taboo aspect of it. So they interview some, re- they have some really amazing interviews in that episode, actually. Mm. So if you haven't seen it, check out um, Unsolved, the new Unsolved Mystery series on Netflix is actually pretty good. That's cool. So, yeah. All righty then. So, yeah, anyway, we'll keep an eye on this and see if any other new information appears over the weird spiral in the sky. But and if you like unsolved mysteries, Ben and Rob did an awesome no, Lindsay. Wonders series. No, that's on Rise TV. <laughs> they made me dress up like Robert Stack. Actually, it was probably my idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember anymore. We did buy those outfits, though. Yeah, those were terrible. Yeah, it was. (laughs) There they are right there. Fun stuff. Yeah, Ben, you you look like... I don't even know. You look like... um, look like I have a raccoon on my head. You look like a... Like you're from the 90s, but you just like (laughs) let yourself go for a few months. (laughs) Oh, that's right. We were kind of going for a Trump wig for you. (laughs) As like a joke. I look like a really old disgruntled Trump that didn't shave in a long time and forgot to dye his beard hair. And I think we also had to use uh, masking tape or something to get those belts to look okay in the front. Probably. Yeah, the belts were like really cheap. They, they just wouldn't stay tight. So, yeah, we had to do something to make them tight. I forgot about that. It took a really long time to design that thumbnail, too, because Ben kept trying to tell me about a Mandela effect revolved around Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> I made that part up. <laughs> Don't remember that. But probably. <laughs> You'd believe me, though. Uh, I, I probably would. Okay, well, we're, we're going to get into a trailer right now. And then afterwards, we're going to get into the CCP spying stuff that, you know, y'all are on the edge of your seats about. So let's do it. This is big and we have a lot of information about it. So, you know, the look, you know, the voice. Will you be able to help solve them? We wonder. You know, the fear, unexplained deaths lost persons 
wonders and miracles. In the history of Edge of Wonder, few programs have been so shocking, so imagination-defying, so captivating as unsolved wonders. Perhaps you can help solve one of these wonders. Get ready for the holiday special you'll have to see to believe. Unsolved Wonders of Christmas. Hosted by Ben Chastain Stack and Rob Count Stack. Oh, my, my, my. <laughs> I thought I didn't have that trailer, and you're in for a lucky time. That's so funny. I'm not sure I would consider that a lucky time. We we're actually we 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 really went all out for that one, and that was for the holiday. And um, yeah, so you can find that series as long as well as our massive catalog of episodes that we have on Rise TV. So if you haven't, please subscribe to Rise TV for all of our um, hard hitting content and uh, really like where our bulk of our episodes are the really nice edited ones um they're all on rise tv ever since we got deleted from youtube it's been very hard to um yeah and, and you know doing through all this any of the stuff that we're doing like that one uh, for instance like when it comes to the holidays or different things like there's so many stories and stuff out there that no one knows about which blows our minds like ben and i like we don't understand why all of this like really cool, interesting information isn't seeing the light of day. Like so many people, that's it, not even that hard to find. And yet no one's really talking about it, all kinds of anomalies and, and everything. So we, we try to take our time and, and dig into the research on a lot of those to give you guys something that you haven't seen and or even considered before. Because sometimes people will will talk about them, but they don't like they don't pull everything together and, and kind of draw all of the, all of the lines to everything. So definitely check that out. If you guys can support us, um, it helps us kind of keep the lights on and everything. We appreciate you guys very much. Mm-hmm. Well, into this CCP spying thing. I mean, Ben, you remember when we first heard that they were making a um, police station in New York city you, if you go back to the episode, Those Lives, we specifically say that the CCP is doing this to basically spy on and bully dissidents, like Amer- like basically Chinese people that have come over to the U.S., they're keeping an eye on and they're forcing to do different things. Yep. We called it out. We sure did. And what what you guys, okay, so there's a lot of backstory to this. And, and one of the things you might be thinking is, like, well, how... Like, you know, you, you instantly think when you think of police station, you instantly think of like these Chinese people wearing like CCP, you know, police outfits, like walking around New York City. But that's not actually how this works. The, the, these are people in like plain clothes. They show up at someone's house. And yeah, they just show up in someone's house and they're secretly working for the Chinese or the CCP. So or you're Why anyone it. even allowed that in New York City. Is yeah, and this has been going on for an, a very long time, actually. And um, the Epic Times have been reporting on this since the early 2000s. 
exactly what's been going on. And actually I've, I was, that was some of the first things that I was involved with when I was um, working with Epic Times. We're going to get into some of these articles a little later about what we've kind of been doing. So, um, or what they were doing throughout all these years. But Rob, if you want to read a little bit of this about um, like kind of, you know, what, what happened here? Yeah. So this is from the, 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 also the Epic times. Um, Yeah. They arrested two secret police, Chinese officers or police. Yeah. So people and secret Chinese police. Yeah. The, the FBI arrested two people on April 17th on charges of operating a secret police station in New York city on behalf of China's regime, according to the justice department. So Liu Jian Wang, 61, and Chen Jinping, 59, conspired to work as agents of the Chinese Communist Party and took orders from the regime in order to track down and silence Chinese dissidents living in the United States, prosecutors said. The police station is believed to be one of more than 100 overseas stations operated by the Chinese regime in 53 countries, according to Safeguard Defenders, a Spain-based nonprofit. The effort revealed an immense violation of U.S. sovereignty by the CCP and a flagrant violation of international law, according to the U.S. District Attorney Brian Peace. This, okay, so this is a quote. This prosecution reveals the Chinese government's flagrant violation of our nation's sovereignty by establishing a secret police station in the middle of New York City, (laughs) he said at a news conference in Brooklyn. Just imagine the NYPD opening an undeclared secret police station in Beijing. That actually (laughs) helped outline how ridiculous that sounds. I'm sure they would allow that. Oh, yeah, sure. You can operate a secret police station inside Beijing. Like, no problem. So um, Peace actually did say that these two defendants established the secret police station in New York at the behest of the CCP and conducted transnational repression schemes in coordination with the regime's Ministry of Public Security. He also said the pair sought to destroy evidence of the conspiracy when they found out the FBI was investigating the site. So they're trying to cover it up, too. Mm hmm. You want me to keep going or oh, you don't you don't have to. It's yeah. OK. I mean, and ba- basically, you know, so uh, during Xi's visit in 2015, um, this guy, Lou, was asked directly to organize pro- counter protests specifically against um, uh, Falun Gong, um, which which th- this is one of the like a lot of the uh, the main groups. The common theme is uh, Falun Gong practitioners. Um, over here in the U.S., uh, that's what a lot of these groups were monitoring. Also, um, not just them; they were basically spying on any. At first, they were spying on almost all of Chinese um, dis, uh, dissidents. Yeah, dis- so like, uh, let's say you can say like your your grand your your grandparents came over here, right? But your your mother your your parents were born here. In the, in the U.S., you were born in the U.S., but your grandparents came over, then that would your whole family would be spied upon. But now it's even more than that. It, th- then they started actually spying on Americans who yeah. are like who have spoken out against the CCP or have done things that the CCP would consider like a threat or anything else, such as posting things on social media, attend 
like pro-democracy protests in favor of Taiwan or Hong Kong or anything like that, all of these people would be on lists. So, um, so somebody had a good question here. So Kevin and DX said, can you explain it more? Did they wear the same police clothes and did they arrest people? So no. this, go ahead. yeah, well, go ahead, bro. I was Maybe. just going to say, it's not exactly like that. It's yeah. like they were conducting business on behalf of the CCP, going to people's homes, bullying them to do specific things and or to refrain from specific actions. Yeah. That you just can't do in the United States on behalf of an outside country's propaganda machine. Yeah. You know, so, and yeah, it's just right. Again, the, they weren't wearing police clothes going out and, and doing things. These, this was like more of like, think of like underground stuff, right? Like a gang. And what? It's like a gang. Yeah. Just like a gang. And the other, the other aspect is, is it's like, let's say like they were actually threatening. A lot of Chinese um, people, you know, who've came over here or whatever, some might not have legal ways of coming over here. So they, they would be terrified to make any kind of, um, you know, they, they were threatened. And it's like, if you go to the uh, American police, you know, we'll, we will like come after you or we'll do something to your family in China. That's the number one thing that they use number one weapon they use against to a lot of chinese people over overseas they will say we have we know who your families are who family members are inside china and we will do something to them if you do something that we don't like over here and it, it, it's it's really really um um challenging for a lot of the chinese um dissidents who are here so it, it really is like a mob. I mean, they, they, they're they using the term police. Think of more of a mob boss that's that's working directly under the CCP. Yeah, so. you, you kind of have to understand, too, that the entire the, the entire organization or administration that is the Chinese Communist Party was a gang that took over. Like it was a, a criminal organization that took over by basically bullying everyone into submission and murdering people. Mm -hmm. And so they're not legitimate in the first place, but what the, they, they, their gloves are off when they do dealings. This is why outside countries can't understand them. They don't understand that anything that the CCP says could be and most likely is a lie in order to meet a specific end, which is to spread socialism and communism all over the planet and for them to take over the world. Yep. So yeah. if somebody in America has come over to America and is enjoying the freedoms of America life, the CCP will still try to reach its tentacles into the United States in order to control their people, to get them to do things for them and or to stop certain activity that they're enjoying due to the freedoms that you have here. Yep. Like speaking out against certain things, uh, taking certain actions that might be deemed by the Chinese state to be against their uh, principles. They it's a, it's like a it's like a psycho cult. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's it is. So I'm just trying to explain this from different angles so you guys can kind of understand because it's it, it took a well, while. Yeah, and, and, the, and they'll have names. So it's not like they're calling themselves Chinese police, you know. So, for example, um, and these are names that we were calling out and especially the Epic Times was calling out in the uh, mid 2000s. So one of them is the Shandong Association. 
Uh, the really big one that was in Flushing, New York, that was uh, directly involved with some attacks against Falun Gong practitioners was the Fukunese American Association. There's also the Peking Association and Beijing Association. And they have names like this. It's like, you know, whatever association of like blah, 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 you know. So so this big one, the Fukunese um one and actually Lindsay and I actually have some of these links that I found um, talking about this stuff. And F San Francisco was another really big area where, where they were operating in. And it just took them. It just seemed like it took them 15 years to finally do something about it for the FBI. It's like, oh, we yeah. finally stepped in after 15 years or even 20 years and actually in 20 years, well, yeah, 15, 20 years. Well, and we don't know anything that was going on behind the scenes during all of that time. Too. For what? Between the FBI and the situation. Oh, yeah. Well, that that's, that's, that's why I'm asking, why is it yeah. taking them so long for them to understand? So this is the um, uh, Fujinese interest group. And so this interest group lobbies the government, utilize the mass media and have members with shared interests. They have become in increasingly active in the political arena of Hong Kong, supporting Beijing's policies towards Hong Kong and the Hong Kong administration. So like this is one group that was operating outside. Uh, I think this was in New York specifically that was um, pro CCP and was holding and was lobbying the government. That's a very key word right there. Lobbying the government for pro-CCP politics and ideology. So they were lobbying governments over here, overseas and in the US. So this is one, this is like specifically one group. So these are the kind of things that they are doing. So then they'll go to these protests it could, and it could be anything. As, as soon as anything is against the CCP, they'll go to these protests and take photos. Um, they will... Um, track the members of these protests and record information. And then secretly they have an office in any of these cities and they store all this information in these offices and try to keep track of these people that they're, that they listed. And um, I actually, cause I was taking photos of a lot of these people. Uh, I actually had a, a couple threats thrown at me during this time too. So what did they say? Hey, white boy. Yeah, they're they're like, we know who you are. We know who you are. We're going to come after you or something like that. You, you know, like, like the government, like, I don't know what it was like, something like that. Or, or you know, you better watch yourself or you you could die or something like that. And I'm like, whatever you guys like, sure. Yeah, you're like, really going to yeah. going to threaten me on my home turf? Yeah, that's what I would say to them. I was like, uh huh. I'm sure that's the case. Right. Um, this other one is the Shandong one. This is based out of San Francisco. And um, so, again, it's kind of this one's tied to the Confucius Institute. And a Confucius Institute is another one of these organizations that's very, very pro CCP. That's also using its ways to establish like a quote unquote culture. Um, but this one and they call like. And they they want to unite to support each other and the motherland country and to promote Chinese and Confucius culture. <laughs> yeah, sure. 
Confucian, Confucius was actually a righteous guy. You are not. Yes. Like they're using whatever they can, you know. True. And they're making gigantic contributions. That's the other thing. That's how they're getting away with a lot of the stuff and why they're, they're, they're like, you know, they haven't been taken down by authorities because they're, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to lobby this or, hey, we're going to donate to this political candidate because, you know, we want to support him or whatever or whatever it is. And that's how they're getting away with a lot of this stuff. It's like for the Fukunese one, for the Southern California Fukunese Association, they're um, multi-million dollars. They're, they're, they're a nonprofit organization with three employees that's, that ha- that's, has total assets of $1.2 million. And they do charitable acti- activities to promote social welfare. <laughs> so you can actually go into this and see, like they've received grants, program services, and all this other stuff. And, um, you know, and this is how they've been getting away with it for so long is that they're, 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 they are doing things quote unquote legally, but realistically it is totally illegal in the United States to have a citizenship here and still be part of the communist party. You you are not allowed to do that. And they will ask you when you either apply for asylum or you, um, get your green card or you become a citizen, are you still a member of the CCP? And you have to say no. If you say yes, they will deny you. So so um, I saw a few questions in here, so I'm just going to address something really quick, which is mm-hmm. the, the triads and how the triads like basically work. Um, so there, I'm going to basically explain a few different things. Um, so the if you think about it like this is like, uh, the triad is is a criminal organization, right? Probably they're making most of their money uh, through through drug trafficking, human trafficking, things like that. Because generally speaking, criminal organizations that are gangs are primarily looking for cash. Mm-hmm. They will do work for the highest bidder. They're just looking to... They're like criminal organization that's also a business, right? So the triad will will do they'll basically get hired out they're they're kind of like a satellite of of the ccp in a way in that they will they're they're considered separate but then when it really matters they're not (laughs) they will get hired to do really dirty things the dirtiest of things for the ccp that have more to do with like murder and all of this stuff right Mm -hmm. now in new york city you have a really interesting situation because you have the Chinatown and Little Italy right next to one another. And so for a really long time, yeah, in China, because Chinatown and Little Italy are right next to one another, you have the mafia, the Italian mafia and the triads trying to coexist in the same place. And so you have each of the gang members trying to, or sorry, each of the gangs basically trying to move in on each other's territory. Yeah. And, and extortion and different things that happen for people that have businesses there become a very common impo- practice, impossible thing to get around. Yeah. Right. Um, actually, yeah. during when I was uh, doing photography for the Epic Times, we went down there and um, we talked to a business owner in Little Italy 
and he was being extorted by the triads because they wanted his his space and he was like i'm i I don't want to sell my space and so they were like doing all kinds of things to threatening him to try to force him to sell or force him out um it was really uh it was really his only your only move then is to then see this is how it gets really dicey for just a normal guy you may reach out to connections you have and those connections are in the italian mafia mm-hmm. now the italian mafia hears what the triads are doing and they they will they can basically talk to that business owner and they're like i'll yeah i'll do this for you if you do me a favor right yeah and now you've got business owners that are getting pulled into the most ridiculous stuff just for trying to survive in Mm -hmm. New York city in an already difficult situation. Yeah. You know, it's true. And actually, so like kind of, um, continuing on with like, with like, for example, at the Epic times, you know, actually, so here's an article from 2008 because they were doing the exact same thing in flushing. Yeah. Um. They, they were flushing's bad, man. Fl- Fl- yeah. Flushing yeah. is is now the chi- is Chinatown. It's like in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's where yeah. the majority of the so, activity goes on. This dude right here is name that we're showing is named John Liu. So the reason why the Epic Times have been so um on top of all this because they they've literally been reporting on this exact situation that the FBI just came out with since like 2006, really. 2008 there was a major incident and actually i was there some of these some of these photos are actually mine that we're going to be seeing it was like the first thing i ever did and um there was an incident where there was a falun gong parade that was taking place and a whole bunch of pro ccp members started attacking some of the Falun Gong people. And um, one of the Falun Gong people got beaten up really badly by a pro CCP guy. And they went to John Liu. John Liu, this guy in the photo, was the mayor, uh, I guess you could say mayor of Flushing or the um, councilman. Uh, council member. Yeah, I guess it's not the mayor. The mayor is still. The he did run. To, he did run for mayor he, later on. Yes, yeah. he did. And they wanted him in. So he was working for the CCP. And when they came in to explain the situation, he just is like, yeah, he looks fine to me. I don't, I don't think anything's going on here. And so he pushed him out, basically. And so the, the Epic Times started digging into his campaign and all this stuff and found all these traces and solid evidence of the CCP's um, influence and even money given to him by the CCP. So all of this was kind of going on during this time. And so flushing became kind of like a center point for a lot of what was happening. And it became like almost like a battleground for the CCP, because if they could start controlling flushing, they could, could start controlling other areas in New York. And that was the goal. That was why he was so important to them, because it was going to start in flushing and then gradually branch out until they can control the mayor of New York City. So, um, yeah. So this is all like, and, and honestly, it's like, you know, you could ask, okay, why were they doing this? Like, what, what would you say, Rob? Like, why would they, you know, why do they want to, um, like, what would be the point of the CCP to do all this stuff? Well, I mean, it's simple, really. New York city is the kind of, especially at that time was like the capital of the entire world. 
Mm-hmm. It's where the finance is. It's where everything happens in fashion and business, the entire, the entire thing, right? So them having a foothold in New York City, which is one of their largest populations outside of China, is a mm-hmm. big deal for them. Now, San Francisco being closer to China geographically is more Chinese um, folks over there. Oh yeah, but there's mm-hmm. there's tons in in New York, and it's the most it's the most influential place to to be. So, you know, if they the, if they're really planning on controlling or trying to get their feet more into um, U.S. <clears throat> the U.S. politics, New York City would be. Um, you know, a huge part of its, of its strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, there's a couple, um, couple more, actually, I want to show this one article, the previews of, of not that one, Lindsay, the, the next one down that one. Yeah. And Rob, you can read this article. This is kind of, it's a little like what I have in here is kind of a little bit long, but it really sums up a lot of what is happening and we'll get into a lot of this as well. And actually that photo <laughs> that it's actually a photo that I took. So, um, these guys that you're seeing right here. So what, what to kind of present this picture, what's happening. These are actually Falun Gong practitioners in the background doing like a meditation and standing in front of the Chinese consulate. And these two guys are now, they, they have a, a red shirts on and the red shirt is in, in English, it says Chinese Anti-Cult World Alliance. That is the group that they started, and it specifically is targeting Falun Gong and Falun Gong members. And they're passing out material that's um, a lot of it is just solely made up lies about the practice, for one. And it actually gets into some, it calls out certain people individually um, as well. So the, you know, the police were alerted and all this stuff. And they're just like, well, there's not much we can do about this, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, nothing has really been, has been done about this until just recently. (laughs) So it's like after all this time, but Rob, I kind of want you to read a little bit of this article. Um, and then we can talk about it a little bit. Sure. Before I do that, you have to understand how ridiculous what Ben just put up on screen was. The uh, the two guys is them creating an organization called the anti-cult organization or whatever is mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. Seeing how the CCP is like the this is how this is how evil factors in our world work. They will accuse they will accuse others of doing something that they're actually doing mm-hmm. in order to try to twist everyone into believing something is bad like look they're just peacefully standing over there and like doing movements and you have these guys like why would you even be against that it's ridiculous right in the first place and then these guys are out here uh you know as a part representatives of the ccp with an anti-cult like cult i mean it, it's just it's priceless anyway yeah. so this is the article Ben Ben is yeah, uh, part of it. About. Yeah. So it's uh, it's called Purveyors of Hate Chase Falun Gong in New York. So the leader of the group Michael Chu of Flushing Queens has re- has repeatedly declined to comment. 
The 610 office is accompanied by a public organization, the Chinese Anti-Cult Association. The 610 office is called that because it was formed on <laughs> June, t- June 10th. Um, and they're the, the office that persecutes Falun Gong practitioners worse than any other office. Yeah, it was set up solely to um, persecute them, persecute Falun Gong practitioners and, like, and harvest organs. When we say Gong. persecute, we mean torture terribly, like worse yeah. than you can imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So the, um, <clears throat> the 610 office is accompanied by a public organization, the Chinese Anti-Cult Association, which helps spread the Chinese regime's propaganda and seeks to incite public hatred against Falun Gong. In China, it also assists and advises the 610 office from the civilian side on methods to directly persecute Falun Gong practitioners. During a rally in Flushing, Queens, meant to expose the CCP's persecution of Falun Gong and call on Chinese people to renounce the Chinese Communist Party, more than 100 people suddenly showed up and attacked, threatened, and harassed those attending. Crazy that this is happening on U.S. soil. So the Chinese regime's state-run media also showed up at the event. They typically avoid such rallies, Xinhua and CCTV then sent fake reporters into China claiming the human rights rally in New York was an event trying to block donations for victims of the 2008 Sichuan earthquake. This is huge. (laughs) You said reporters, but reports. So basically, so they were looking. Oh, my bad. Yeah. So, so the official mouthpiece of, of the CCP went to these events with Falun Gong practitioners recorded them just you know just doing their thing but the reports they sent over there were saying look at all these practitioners they're actually trying to block donations for victims of the earthquake and saying all these horrible things that wasn't true at all straight back into china yeah and so this incident began a series of attacks against falun gong practitioners in new york city which continued with intensity for several months yeah yeah. So this, this is like, um, so this, this is like one of the tactics that, that they, they, that the CCP has been using over here and, um, you know, and then trying to communicate that back with the Chinese people and now it's all changed and everything up. So, so like, yeah. And then there was like booths in, in the Queens area of all of these things talking about this. And um, they were just really, going hard uh, anytime like i said that practitioners would do something there would be all this like pushback from the ccp and all these things that were happening and that was in new york and then getting into san francisco is a whole other situation now. yeah <laughs> and that was actually in san francisco for a while too so um there is a chinese woman named rose park rose pack i'm sorry rose pack yeah and she passed away now in 2016. And after she died, it was like, oh, man, New York Times, L.A. Times, all these all these officials came out and was like, you know, grieving her loss and trying to do all these things. But actually, she was a very pretty evil person in what she was doing um, there. This is they're trying to name a new subway station after Rose Pack, despite despite national criticism. So, um, she was, she, it's really weird. She actually had no power. She was not an official. She was not a Congress person or anything else, but she somehow 
had influence over the entire political apparatus in San Francisco. Cash. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't happen unless you're paying a lot of money. No, no. And so she, she, she like firsthandedly tried to ban certain Chinese Americans from participating in um, various activities in San Francisco, parades, all kinds of things. And she only would allow groups that were aligned with the CCP's interest in these things in San Francisco. So, and she was very close to the mayor. Um, I forget his first name, something Brown. Um, we're going to say Will, well, Willie Brown. She was very, very close to him. And um, yeah, a lot of people said that, well, I mean, there's actually been a lot of reports talking about their relationship and how after he got elected, which it looks like she had a hand in his election, um, she wanted him to elect a very specific Chinese guy as the police chief of San Francisco. So this is exactly what they're trying to do, right? I mean, this would be their goal. This is what they were trying to do with John Liu as the mayor of New York. Once they can get, you know, and this is not about, by all means, we're not criticizing Chinese people. I mean, we're trying to, th this is about the Chinese people who are truly suffering. And then the Chinese people that are, that are CCP members being brought over here in specific roles to take over America and actually crack down on the Chinese dissidents that are here. So um, John Liu's role was to become mayor of New York. Eventually they would want him to be governor of New York, but because of the Epic times reporting and the police willing to work so closely with the Epic times about all of this stuff that's happening. Um, they really went after John Liu and, Honestly, he couldn't really do much after everything was getting exposed. So, yeah, uh, he, he just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Exactly. Yeah, he 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 actually he did. I have no idea where he is now. I think last I heard, he was doing something in New York, but you know, he doesn't have much of a voice anymore. And um, and there's actually it's so. You know, one question a lot of people have is like, why wasn't this um, being caught earlier? You know, again, why did it take this long? Right. So that person on the right is Rose Pack. Uh, the one in the middle is Willie Brown. He, he was the um, well, now he's the former mayor of San Francisco. Why do all and three of these look like different looking types of reptilians? <laughs> And then you got Gavin Newsom who rose to power during all this. So, um, yeah, there, there is a lot. So he was the mayor of New York. I'm sorry, of San Francisco, uh, up until I think 2011, maybe something like that. And then he kind of went up from there and he became a Lieutenant governor of new of, of, um, the state for a while before he turned into the governor. So, but um, a lot of like a lot of reporting from Epic times does show, um, you know, over the last decade or so, like his connection to the CCP and how he even 
he even gave $1 billion to a CCP-linked company in exchange for masks, which honestly sounds more like money laundering than it is like, oh, I'm just going to buy a billion dollars worth of masks. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, this this is nonsense right here. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, there, there's been – and same thing with that brown guy. There, There's like so – oh, dude, that brown guy – or no, there, uh, there was another, um, another uh, mayor, former mayor of, of San Francisco who was personally invited over to China by Xi Jinping himself, and he met with Xi Jinping. So, like, how does a mayor from a city get invited by the head of, of like, a, you know, of a country and, like, a person of a country and, and just, like, and, and, and what was said about him? Okay, so there's two different browns. That's why it's a little bit confusing. This is a different brown. And he said, Brown may, may have now have more in common with the Chinese government than he does with the U.S. government. In a, set, in a setting normally reserved for visiting heads of state, Brown met with Chinese President Xi Jinping, who is now viewed as the world's leader on climate change. So they literally met to talk about climate change. But it's just so he so he was so this is a different Brown or like I said, there's two different Browns. This is Jerry Brown. The other guy was Willie Brown. So it gets a little bit confusing. But this guy was um, governor at the time when, when all of this happened. But it's just again, you know, anybody that's going over to China, especially to meet with Xi Jinping. I mean, it, it, this is just super weird. You can understand if, you know, like, like the president meets with Xi Jinping in a, in a bigger setting or whatever, but it's like, why would, you know, like, okay, you know, are you accepting money? Is something going on behind the scenes? It's just, there's so many questions involved with this. So, yeah, anyway, that's kind of my, uh, my, my spiel of all of this. Um, what, what I, so Rob, what, what, what do you, what do you think about all of this? Like, what? um, I think the funniest thing that's happened over the last couple of minutes is Raybert in our chat said that guy looks like hero from the mo the show heroes. And she was talking about Rose pack. <laughs> so she oh, thought it was a, she thought it was the guy hero oh that's hilarious oh there's a way better photo of her actually <laughs> I, had Lindsay, to, I had to break you... the news to her that it was really a woman that oh no i have i have a way better photo of rose pack i'm scared yeah um i'm gonna oh my up. goodness oh my goodness this is like bringing back this is bringing back like memories from 80s movies with like seedy chinese people like if if you you ever see like um what was that do you ever see revenge of the nerds yeah, yeah uh it's been a long time so but... in the second movie or something booger was getting training from a chinese guy named snotty mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was actually pretty funny Lindsay, i have one more for you here too those are real photos, by the way. Excuse me. They were not fake photos that she was pulling up. And I man, it's weird. It's like I don't. Uh, it's like Gavin Newsom 
watched American Psycho on like repeat in his like 30s or something. How do you look any more like that guy? Yeah, there she is. I don't know. I actually that yeah, it's scary. It really is. Um, and because he comes off, you know, very well-mannered and good-looking guy, but it's like yeah, I, I get the same thing and I, like I said, the scariest part is, is the ties, you know, and, and, and San Francisco is really important to the, to China one, because it's the closest city coming over, you know, from China to the U S two, there's more, there's more Chinese people in San Francisco than, than anywhere else on that coast. And uh, so San Francisco was always the, um, the spot that the CCP wanted. And on top of that, um, there's so many Chinese people there that they they like raised the flag, the CCP flag, the China flag during one of the events there at the cat on their cat on the their um, city hall building or whatever. And it was just like it's so ridiculous. Like why? Yeah, that yeah, that woman looked vile. Yeah, she, she looked died. Like, she looked dead like now. she ate San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I know for sure that there was, um, you know, Epic Times reporters and, and a lot of people really tried to talk to her to tell her about like really what's going on. But she just wouldn't listen. And um, there was unconfirmed reports. So the Epic Times couldn't publish them. But from talking to people and like, again, I was there in San Francisco for a while for like a couple months because like we were working on this reporting. Um, this is back in like 2012, I think. And um, yeah, there was a lot of reports about her working with the triads in San Francisco as well. But again, it was hard to find solid evidence of that. So they didn't publish that information. But I'm like, dude, it seems pretty obvious to me. <laughs> Especially if, I mean, you try to do... Um, if you go in the park there and you just try to do like because all the Chinese people know know what Falun Gong is like most people you know and a lot of people over here don't know the Chinese people know and if you like do the exercises in the park you get like we had people like throw stuff at us I remember like we we were like just there and um, I think someone threw a rock at one point yeah so, I've gotten spit at before that's crazy it was just like yeah. wow that's really interesting to experience all this. And, um, but, uh, but I, I think there, there have, there has been changes, um, and a positive, oh, for sure. yeah, especially after, you know, Zhang Zemin, who was controlling a lot of this, especially after he died now, um, from what we've been hearing a lot of the, like the, I mean, the, I, there was like a parade recently and flushing with, with practitioners and the, they said, I, I was told that there wasn't a, um, there's always like a pro CCP group of people that come out to cause trouble and no one came out that time. So I was like, that's interesting. So I think that's things how you are know they're getting paid because if there's bad weather and nobody shows up, I guess they don't care that much. <laughs> that too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what also the police reports say, um, when the FBI came out, they, they said they were being paid to attend these protests, but it's like, okay, why did it take you so long to put this together? <laughs> but 
I'm it's good. It's good that they did. It just uh, took them a long time to do it. So the way they report on it is really strange to me because it sounds like, oh, it's these two guys in their basement who were like concocting this silly plan and we got them. Don't worry. But this has happened for years and years and years. And this is an organized effort by the Chinese Communist Party that runs an entire country. That's yeah. a big deal. I know. That's when I heard the press conference. I, I thought, this is strange. Why aren't they saying anything? And then it took me a, a little while because, you know, this is all stuff that uh, we were kind of working on a long time ago. And when I started kind of looking into things, um, I started remembering all this stuff. Um, and Josh Phillips from the Epic Times, he he's, I mean, he's been covering this since day one and he's still covering this for the Epic Times. So he, he knows he, probably he, he's been through. Him. They put him through a lot. They have tried to do a lot of things. They have. Yeah. And also according to the FBI report, they were using social media and creating, um, you know, attacking people online or creating specific posts, all these different aspects to it. So I think they're being very careful because, I, I do think this goes pretty high up, you know, I, I mean, it's like this whole Chinese, the, you can tell because they, Oh yeah, we'll just let this Chinese balloon float across all of America before we even do anything about it. So if they let a Chinese balloon, I would imagine they probably are letting a lot of like secret organizations operate. With no. Did, yeah. Um, no. Yeah. This, this woman, um, this woman, uh, what's her name there? Uh, the Chinese woman we were just talking about. Rose Pack. Rose Pack. Yeah. She, she's the first Chinese balloon they let in here. <laughs> they, they, that was their, that was how they were testing it to see if it would work. And yeah, they filled her up with a lot of tobacco. <laughs> she floated away. A lot of hot air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We gotta, we gotta hit a trailer here. Well, yeah, we're actually gonna, um, we're about ready to go over. Do we want to go over? Yeah. Okay. Play trailer and go over. All right, you guys. Well, um, we're going to can you continue this discussion on rise.tv. So if you want to find out more, be sure to come over there. So we're going to end where we were. All the places we're streaming. Um, I know it's like, what is it? Ganjing World, Rumble, Facebook, Twitter. Um, everywhere else, everywhere else. Yeah. So, and then we do a live Q and a where we will answer your questions live and, um, people have already uh, asked us stuff in the yeah. chat and Lindsay's already got those going for us. So we're going to have a big discussion on a lot of these things that you guys are asking and wondering about. So if you haven't, please come over on rise.tv to support our work for just nine 99 a month um it's what just like two lattes pretty much so and there's so much content that we have on there so many series so many episodes and videos that we have done um you will never run out of content uh if you come over and subscribe so um yeah and don't forget that your support lets us do these deep dives and these episodes and keep doing the show um, that brings you the truth and that the censors don't want you to hear. So it's been an amazing journey and so glad you guys have been a part of it. Uh, also, please subscribe to us on Rumble. And uh, if you're one of the eight people watching us on Facebook, 
out of the 200,000 that we have. Thank you. <laughs> There's four. <laughs> four. All right. 200,000 followers. And we have four people watching. Four us. makes sense, right? Yeah. If that's if that doesn't show the censorship we're facing, I don't know what does. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys very much. We'll see you over on rise.tv. Think of this story as a murder mystery. Murder seems to have been committed, perhaps tens of thousands of murders. The mystery is why so few people seem to be paying attention. I felt this was sort of a horrible thing and nobody really wanted to look at it. I was a blood test data. Not only blood test, I test x-ray, blood pressure, and eye test, and the kidney test. It was as if somebody was checking the health of her organs and nothing else. Dr. Anwar, that is your job now to as quick as possible remove liver and kidney. I found the phone calls simply irresistible. The children were coming, oh my God, this is real. They killed like tens of thousands of prisoners of conscience for their organs, that's really bad. What are we doing about this? So don't ask me how a physician can take part in this. There are certain lines we can't cross. This is a red line. That's an absolute red line. A little bit hard to believe that it could be so. It is not up for discussion as to whether murder for parts is taking place. It's now just a question of whether we're going to continue to put up with it. One of the most prolific serial killers of all time has become a household name, a national phenomenon. But why? What do Bundy's family connections reveal about the deep state? Mind control, Satanism, and occult rituals Is there a thread that ties together most of the serial killers in modern history? Once the truth is revealed, you'll never look at the deep state the same way again. Edge of Wonder exposes the deep state. yeah mm -hmm. so i uh i guess aside from the the two people that we were talking 